0: Well, good morning. Welcome to Soul City Church. My name is Jarrett Stevens. I'm one of the lead pastors to all of you who are gathered in this space and all of you who are in our overflow space. We're so glad that you're here today. I love when we kick off a new teaching series, which is what we're doing today. It's called Pleading for Promises, and we're looking at all the things that we kind of beg for or we hope for from God or we even plead with God over that, in fact, He has actually already and always promised us. That there are things we exhaust all kinds of emotional energy about that God's like, I've already promised that to you. And so for the next couple weeks, we're going to actually look at what some of those promises are. And what today I want to do is offer us a different way to pray and a different way to process the major decisions that we have in our life and the direction that we need for our lives. Because all of us need, in lots of different ways, all of us need direction in our lives. So I want us to kind of look at this, come at this from a different angle based on the promises of God. Now, just by, by quick show of hands, I want you to be honest. In fact, if, if this is true of you, you're probably proud of this. How many of you are good at directions? Let's just be honest. Jeannie, really? Okay, uh, how many of you are just raised? No, I mean, yeah, no, if that's what God told you to do. Uh, raise, uh, raise your hand if, if you're good. Now, raise it really high because you are really proud that you are good at directions. All right, raise it really you, you know your way around the city. Keep it up. You know your way around the city. You don't ever really last. You know your northeast, southwest. Uh, really? Okay, so here's the thing, here's the thing. Those of you who did not, because there, there is a small minority of people that said that they are good at directions. So for everyone who didn't raise your hand, you need to go home with one of these people today. They're your only hope of getting home. Because you know that feeling of, of being lost or getting lost or not knowing kind of where to get to where you want to go. It's, it, it's frustrating. It can be overwhelming, in fact. Now for those of us who who are uh directionally challenged I'll say th- there's actually hope for us because you live in a you live in a beautiful beautiful world because God has given you this And now if you're lost or you're not good at directions you don't have to be All you have to say is Siri get me home I'm scared and 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 it will it'll actually give you directions to get you home. That's amazing. But listen to me. This hasn't always been so. Years ago, for those of us who are directionally challenged, the world was a dark and vast, scary place. And if you were lost or you didn't know where to go, you didn't have this, you had this brilliant piece of technology. This is, does anyone know what this is? Because I, I, we just don't use them anymore. This is a map. This is how you used to have to try and get... Like, we would do this while driving, by the way. Do this and try and find our way, and then you have to fold back the origami. It never actually folds back right. This This is how we used to get direction. Also, just FYI, this is like how Columbus discovered this country. The technology did not upgrade for centuries and centuries and centuries. You live in a beautiful world where if you need direction, you actually can have it instantly. That wasn't always the case. What I find interesting, though, is for the direction that we actually need for our lives, for many of us, we are using some outdated technology. We're using a way that that oftentimes doesn't really work. We're using a way that doesn't really meet with the realities of our life today. I think it's interesting that when it comes to the big decisions and directions for our life, like things about your future, things about career choices maybe that you have, relationship challenges that you have, that you're facing right now, when it comes to your financial realities, I think for many of us, it's really easy. In the face of those big decisions, in the places that we need direction, it's really easy to get stuck. It's really easy to stall out or to end up kind of circling around our lives without ever really moving forward. Or worse yet, it's, it's really easy to just sort of blindly pick a path and sort of hope that it works out for your life. And we've all made our fair share of choices that way, haven't we? And while some of them may have worked out, maybe you just kind of, I mean, maybe that's even how you got to the cities. You just kind of, oh, I hope this works out and you got to pack everything up and moved here. And, and sometimes it does work out that way. But then there's the other times. Where the consequences of which can actually be catastrophic. To where the, the effect of the decisions that you make or specifically directions that you take in your life without clear kind of godly direction can have impact on your life and the lives of those around you, listen to me, for generations. In fact, you may not realize this, but there may be whole parts of your story that are directly connected to poor decisions others made before you ever even got on the scene. So this is pretty important and significant for us to figure out. There's got to be a better way than just sort of crossing our fingers and hoping that it all works out in the end. I think there's a way that you can actually build your life on the promises of God to make big decisions with godly direction in real time for your life based on in fact what God has already promised you. Now, I want you to think about your life for just a moment. I want you to think if do you have any significant decisions coming up in the near future, in the next couple weeks, couple months, any big decisions relationally, financially, career-wise? You kind of got some things you need some direction for over the next like, by year end. If there's some things you're kind of been stewing over, you've been trying to figure out. If that's so, I want you to raise your hand. If that's you, you're like yeah, I've got some decisions. I could use some wisdom, some direction. like raise them high, raise them high. Awesome. Okay, so take that hand and I want you to grab the Bible that's actually in front of you and I want you to turn to James chapter 1. In fact, I want everyone to turn to James chapter 1. It's found on page 847 in the Bible in your seat back. Would you grab a Bible and grab a pen? I want to offer you a couple insights from the teachings of the Bible. I didn't come up with the stuff of my own. It's from the Bible and in fact, this is stuff that you might want to even take some notes on that can help you have a different way to pray and a better way to process the major decisions for your life that can lead to better direction in your life. So grab a Bible, turn to James chapter 1. We're going to start in verse 5. We're going to actually look at a promise of God and a principle of God all found right in the same passage. A promise of God and a principle and a process you can actually apply to your life uh, today. Like right now today you can apply this to your life. So let's get into this uh, promise that you don't have to plead for. It's already in fact been given to you. James chapter 1 verse 5 says this, If any of you lacks wisdom, now hit pause right there. So that's all of us. I mean, let's just be honest. If any of you lacks wisdom, how many of us have lacked wisdom at some point in our life? All of us. We all do. That's why we need help with decisions and direction in our life. So James says, if that's you, to which we would say it is, then you should what? You should ask God. You should ask God. Now listen to this. Who gives what? Who gives generously. Now, you guys sound like the 830 crowd. I want a little bit more energy out of you. Who gives what? Generously. To all without finding fault. Now, what does that phrase mean, without finding fault? That means that God doesn't blame you or shame you for not knowing what to do. God's not like, oh, really? You don't know that? Everyone knows that. That's not the heart of God. Maybe that's the story you tell yourself about yourself. That's not the truth of God. God doesn't like shame you or blame you for not knowing what to do. God goes, awesome, awesome, ask me, ask me. Yeah, of course you don't know what to do. It's a big life. It's a big world. It's important. The stakes are high. Ask me, and look what God does. Ask me. God will give it to all generously without finding fault, and it will be what? It will be given to you. Underline that right there. That's a promise of God you can build your life on. Ask me, and it will be given to you. If any of you lacks wisdom, that's all of us. You should ask God, because he gives it generously. He gives it generously, and he will actually, in fact, give it to you. That's a promise you can build your life on. You don't have to stall out. You don't have to circle around your life. There's actually a better way, a way of walking with God, a way of walking in God's wisdom that actually leads to life. And he's offered it fully and freely available to every single person. One of us, all of us have full access to the wisdom that God offers us because he's a good, good father, and that's what he does. So again, if you're taking notes, I want to be really clear. The promise is this. The promise is this. God will give you wisdom. The principle, now this is big. I want you to try and catch this. Ask. Ask. Ask him. Ask him. Seek him. Ask him. Wait for his wisdom. Hold out for his truth. He has it for you. Will you ask? Now, James goes on to say a little something about how we ask. The heart behind how we ask. And it's found in verse 6. Let's look at what he says there. He says, but when you ask... You must believe and not doubt. The word believe there can actually be substituted for the word trust. It's not just like believing in an idea. It's trusting the character of God. You must trust. You've got to trust God's heart. You, 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 if you're going to ask God, then you've got to trust his character, his faithfulness, and not doubt or second-guess it because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. You ever felt that way in your life before? I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I don't know what to say. James is like, yeah, that's what happens when you kind of, when God's giving you wisdom, you ask for it, but then you make sure you want to get a second opinion. I do that all the time. Okay, God, I hear what you're saying. I'm going to go ask someone else because I still want to do this my way. James says, you, you can do that, but you shouldn't expect much from God. You're second guessing. You're doubting the character of God. God has wisdom generously for you. He's asking. His wisdom is available to you, but it's up to you for your willingness if you're willing to actually trust his wisdom. But James isn't done. He goes on in verse seven. That person, he says, by the way, should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Yeah, but James, how do you really feel? This sounds, He's working something out here, isn't he? He's probably met someone like that. My hunch is you have... Too. have haven't you met someone like that who's, their life just sort of seems like they're, you know, kind of tossed about by the wind and by the waves. It's really strong language. Well, I bet we've all met someone like that before who just seems like they spend the majority of their life reacting to their life rather than living and leading their life. You ever met someone like that? Or they're just kind of, it just seems like they're circling around the same mistakes in bold, vivid new ways, but it just seems like you, they come around, they do it again. You go, oh my gosh, can't you see that? You just did it again. It's it's the same relationship pattern. Like the common denominator here is you. You ever met someone like that? Look, let's be real honest. We've all been that person, haven't we? If we're being really honest. I have. I have. Just kind of going tossed back and forth by circumstances of life. I don't know. I think God has something for me. I'm not sure if I really want to ask. I'm not sure if I really want to obey. We've all, and listen, we've all been in that place. In fact, that may even be What brought you here today? That may be exactly why you're here listening to this message right now today is because you've just been kind of tossed about and beat up by life, and you're looking for a better way. God says, there's a better way for you. That's why this is such good news. God's promise to you that you can build your life on is that there is wisdom for you. There is direction for all of us. It's the same wisdom that's available to me is available to you. It's not just reserved for those who you think are more spiritual than you. Because that's another lie we tell ourselves. Oh, only people like have a direct access to God. They're the only ones that get to hear. And then I gotta, just got to suffer over here. I don't know why you have a cold when you talk. But that's that's how like we can sound like when we get into that space, right? Or or or, or you or you, you you assume that you know it's, that kind of stuff is for people who don't have as difficult decisions to make as you do. And so you kind of isolate yourself, say, Yeah, well, you don't understand what I have to decide. You don't understand the decisions I have to make. And I don't even know if God's wisdom. I don't even know if he if God would understand what I'm going through. Right, we've, we've kind of all sort of been in that space, but God says, listen, my wisdom is available to every single one of you, fully, freely, every single one of you. I will give it to you generously, in my way, in my time, but I will. The question is, will you ask? Will you ask? Now, Gene and I have a profound privilege of, as being lead pastors of this church, of, of getting to kind of sit in and and in a small way be a part of incredible stories of faith in our church, everyday ordinary stories of faith in our church. We have such a unique perspective and vantage point that we thank God for. It's a privilege. And recently, I kind of got to get in a little bit on a friend's story in a way that he was wrestling through a major decision in his life, direction that he needed from God, and whether or not he would ask for it and whether or not he was willing to walk in the wisdom that God gave him. So, we were meeting to talk about For the Love. I don't know if you've heard us talk about For the Love at all, but uh, we were meeting to talk about For the Love, and he, was, he had really been led by God to, to his financial commitment to build the Ministry Transformation Center next door. So he was led by God. He was really clear on it, but then he's like, hey, I need to mute you because I, I need to talk to you about this because I have my number. I know what I want to give to God. He's like, but then I'm in this tension point. So we got together, and as we met together, he goes, look, here's the deal. Like, I... I feel like I'm, I'm kind of being led to start my own company. I've been at a great company for the last couple of years, but I want to kind of, I think like I'm ready to do my own thing. Maybe you've been in that place before too. Maybe you're in that place right now. so he's like, you know, the, but the reality is like if I start my own thing, like that's going to change everything. And there's going to be like, I'm just going to be carrying the zero for the next couple of months, you know? He's like, I don't know how I'm going to be able to actually make this commitment. I don't know if what I should do. And he's like, what should I do? So, with all sincerity, I looked him in the eyes. I mean, I said point blank to him, go with the money. (laughs) Guys, I did not say that. I love that you thought for a second I said that. Come on, give me a break. I wouldn't say that. I mean, unless it was a lot of. No, I'm just kidding. kidding. So so he goes, What should I do? What should I do? I said, Listen, I can't tell you what to do. I wouldn't even presume to be able to tell you what to do. But let's look at the wisdom of God. So we talked for a little bit about Proverbs 3 5 and 6 which says really clearly to every single one of us that you can actually, in every circumstance, trust in God with all your heart, that you don't have to depend on your own wisdom, that you, you, you can actually seek him in every decision, decisions like these, and he will actually give you a path to walk in, to take. And I pointed him to a couple really wise people in our church, I so said, here's these two guys I think you need to meet with. One of them has made really wise decisions with their career. The other one's made really wise decisions with their finances. I think you should meet with these folks and run this kind of by them. This decision that you're making, is this the right timing for all that? We just seek God's wisdom on this. And so he committed to doing that, and so I didn't see him for a, a couple weeks, and he kind of done that, and in those conversations, he'd really been offered wisdom say, hey, you need to let your boss know this. You need to take your, this to your boss. If you're kind of planning to leave, you should let him know. And so he went and had a meeting with his boss. And if you've ever had that meeting before, you know, you're kind of nervous and say, look, I think i got to go. I'm going to start my own thing. And so he did. But to his surprise, when he kind of went and laid all his cards on the table, to his surprise, his boss said, oh, that makes total sense. That, that makes total sense. But can we offer you a little counteroffer? can we actually keep you on till the end of the year? And if you do that, if you commit to kind of staying here just till the end of the year, uh, there's actually a pretty significant year end bonus that you'll be able to receive. And then we want to send you on your way and maybe that'll help you get started with your new thing. That's an awesome boss. <laughs> That's an awesome boss. And so he, he emailed me this email, I mean like in all caps, just going, you're not going to believe... You're not going to believe how good God is, how creative, his words, God is. I had my way. I had my plan. I thought I had to kind of do it this way, but God led me this other way. And this is like, like, this has deferred me moving into my parents' basement for at least several more months, <laughs> right? And he said, you know, I'm actually, I'm actually going to be able to, to make my financial commitment that I made to for the Love. And I was like, way to go. I love stories like that. But sitting in the seat that I sit in, I get to hear all kinds of stories. And I've sat across from folks who didn't make wise decisions or didn't seek God, and they're kind of trying to put together the pieces of their life again, and maybe you can kind of relate more to that story. The good news is for every single one of us, there is actually a good and loving God who generously gives wisdom, even if you made a ton of mess in the past. There is a God who actually has a well of wisdom for you, and it's fully available to you if you will ask. For every major decision in your life, if you will ask. So I wrote down these two questions that might help as a process for you to really kind of seek God's wisdom for your life, for the decisions, the direction that you have in your life. You might want to jot these down, because I think they, they provide maybe some good reflection for you. Coming out of what we heard from James chapter one. First question that this guy really had to consider, and I, I got to see him sort of make this w- decision wisely. First question is this, what is in your wisdom well? If you had to think about the wisdom in your life being like a well, because we all have it. All of us pull from some wisdom for the decisions that we make in our life. You, you go somewhere to get advice, opinion, direction. So if you thought of your like wisdom well, wh- what's actually in your wisdom well? Like wh- wh- What is it that you go to To make decisions in your life. What is it that you pull from? Is it just kind of your circumstances, you know? Or is it just like you just kind of go, well, it's the opportunities that are in front of me. I guess I'll just kind of lean into those. Or or, or maybe, you know, for you it's like, I don't know, I'm just going to go with my gut on this one. Maybe that'll work out. Maybe not. What's the well that you go to? What is your wisdom well? Is it kind of what everyone else is doing? Like you saw someone else get away with it at work. You go, eh, it seems like it worked out for them. I'm going to do that too. Or you saw some friends going to make a decision. You go, yeah, it doesn't seem, I mean, that seems like it's working out for them. What's in your wisdom, well? I know you're going to be shocked to hear this, especially at church. But I've found this to be an incredible well of wisdom. I have found this book in my life personally to be an overflowing well of wisdom. That that speaks into, in some capacity, what is really going on in my life. Maybe not directly to the circumstances, but to the stuff of the soul beneath it all. This is an overflowing well of wisdom. What's in your well? What do you go to? Is this book, is the Bible, God's Word, full of His promises and principles for your life, a part of what you go to? Is it what you go to when you have major decisions or need direction? in your life. See, this is why we say, and it may sound a little cliche, but I could not be more sincere about this. If you have some major decisions or direction in your life, and and you want to involve God, invite God to be a part of that, but you don't have this well of wisdom, I want you to steal a Bible from church today. I think it's the wisest thing you could do today, is to steal a Bible and have some, look, if you just went to the book of Proverbs, it could probably speak to about 75% of your decisions in your life just in that book alone. This is a well of wisdom. So the question is, when you're facing a major decision or need direction for your life, you got to ask yourself and be realized, okay, what's in my well? Where am I actually pulling from? Second question, who is in your well? Who is in your wisdom well? Who are the people that you go to when you need wisdom in your life? Who do you go to when you don't know what to do? Who is in your wisdom? Because listen, we all have people in there that we go to. Every single one of us does. And the the good thing for you to be encouraged about about what's in your well and who's in your well, is you're actually, listen, you're actually already awesome at this. You already do this. You just don't realize it. I want you to think about the last major purchase you made. My hunch is whatever it was, you read some reviews on it. True? Last new restaurant you tried or book that you bought. Listen, you you probably went to a well of wisdom of people that don't know you and you will never meet and trusted their wisdom about whatever it is. Listen, we read reviews about 99 cent apps. I don't know, 99 cents, right? You're already awesome at this. You know how to go to a well of wisdom. The question is, who is in your well? And are they offering you godly wisdom that can lead to direction for your life? Who is in your well? Gene and I have made this kind of a non-negotiable for our lives. That we don't sort of live in isolation when it comes to our decisions, but there's a well of people that we go to when it comes to our marriage, when it comes to our family, when it comes to this church and how we lead this church. Dick and Sybil Towner are a part of the well of wisdom in our life. If you were here this summer, you got to hear from them teaching. These are folks who have been in our life for 20 years. That is a deep well of wisdom. They have lived their lives well with God, so they're a part of our well. John and Nancy Orper, a couple have been a part of our life for almost the same amount of time. We have big decisions. We're kind of stuck in a place. These are folks we reach out to and say, can you speak in? Can you offer godly wisdom do you know that Gene and I actually are part of a volunteer elder team? These are folks who guide and shepherd and lead this church that we don't make any major decision for this church without going to that well of wisdom. That there's actually a team of volunteers called the stewardship team that kind of guard and guide every one of our major financial decisions as a church. We don't make a big financial decision without going to the well of wisdom and saying, what is God saying? What are you hearing? And these aren't perfect people in our life, but they're people we trust to listen to God with us and for us. Rarely do they tell us what to do, but they will listen to God with us and offer godly wisdom as he gives it to them. They didn't magically appear in our life. We had sought them out and kind of opened up our lives to them, the nitty gritty, the not so pretty. We kind of say, okay, what do you think? What would you say? Where is God at in the midst of this? Who's in your well?" Because the truth for me is I'm just not, I am not smart enough to have it all figured out in this life. I do know that that I'm not smart enough to have it all figured out. I need a well of people that have godly wisdom that can speak into my life. What's in your well? Who is in your well? Is it running a little dry? You're like, you gotta keep lowering the rope down and down and down and down for the well of wisdom in your life. Maybe it's become uh, contaminated with opinion. There's plenty of that in the world. That's not wisdom. That's a cheap version of wisdom. It's not wisdom, though. And so you kind of go to these people, and they'll gladly give you their opinion. Lots of times, they'll give it to you without you even asking. But that's not what you need to make the major decisions that lead to godly direction in your life. You need people that actually exhibit godly wisdom. Who is in your well? You know, this is a pretty important deal for for us and our family. This is something that I want to get right as best I can, not perfectly in this life. I want to make wise decisions that are in line with the heartbeat and the way and the will of God. It's something we want to model to our kids. We want to teach them at a young age how to make wise, godly decisions. Don't you wish someone might have come around in your life early on and helped you kind of know the difference between wise and unwise decisions? Maybe, maybe, maybe that might have spared you from some heartache, heartbreak, and regret in your life. So we have a little mantra that we say around our house. We try and apply it as best we can to all the decisions in our life. Because look, the the truth is uh, our kids tend to make decisions more like their father than their mother, in that they're um, unwise decisions lots of times. And so we have to kind of help them and help us. So we have this little mantra that we hang up in our kitchen. And it, it simply says this, wise way choices are better than my way choices. Let's say that actually out loud together. Wise way choices are better than my way choices. So you're now a part of Team Stevens. That's kind of one of our mantras that we say And we have to kind of run the the, the major decisions of our life through that grid. And I'm serious. This is a decision, like, this is a process that Gene and I use and that we help our kids with. Like, real talk, real time. Our son had a birthday last week, turned 10 years old. And so he had a bunch of birthday money burning a hole in his pocket. Okay, so we go to Target the other night. Like, he cannot wait to go to Target. And we're in the Star Wars aisle. And I have a cart, $60 full of just lightsabers. Just lightsabers. And I had to say to him, son, is this a wise way choice or a my way choice? And I'm going to be honest with you, I was conflicted. I didn't know in that moment. I needed God to intervene in that moment. I didn't think I could help him with that decision. Seems fair to me. So we had to walk through in real time. Yesterday, our daughter Gigi, we got our pumpkins for, she wanted to have a pumpkin festival in our home. She rearranged all of the furniture in our house. And at one point, Gigi and I turn around and she's walking with our fishbowl across the family room. And it's, we have to say, Gigi, is that a wise way choice? It's not. We're just going to tell you, it's not. Put the fish down. Walk away from the fish. Can you imagine if you just just stopped for a moment and thought about the decisions that you have to make that you've been so anxious over, you've been fretting over, you've been running to all kinds of different wells of wisdom. Can you imagine just for a second if you stopped and asked that question? Is this a wise way choice or a my way choice? I bet you can go back to decisions in your past that you wish you would have had that as a filter. I can't where I just said, oh, I'm going my way on this one. And I ended up paying the cost for it. All of us have those. What if if you could just like just stop in the moment, go, okay, wait a second, wait a second. Is it kind of this decision I'm considering, this direction that I'm looking at? Is it a wise way choice? I mean, is this is this something that will lead to life? Is this something that'll draw me actually closer to God? Is this is this something that actually aligns with the greater story of what God is doing in my life? Or is this a my way choice where I'm just kind of doing what I want to do because I want to do it? Could it be that this simple little question might actually lead to greater wisdom? Might actually lead to freedom in your life? Might actually alleviate unnecessary anxiety that you're worrying over this decision about? Ask just a simple question that we ask ourselves and ask our kids. It's found right out of James chapter one. Is this a wise way choice or a my way choice? Am I willing to seek God and wait for his perfect wisdom? It may not come when I want it. It may not look like what I thought I wanted. But if he is a good, good father, and if he is faithful, it is perfect for what I need. Am I willing to do that? Or am I gonna second guess and doubt and just go, oh, next time. This time I'm doing it my way imagine if that was a filter you had for your life how it might keep you listen for potentially years of regret how it might stop patterns in your life before they even start there is a lot of power in that simple question It doesn't make your decision or direction any easier but it might bring more clarity it might in fact bring godly wisdom the decision that you're actually facing right now. Look, James said it beautifully and perfectly. Are you needing wisdom? Do you need wisdom in your life? Do you got decisions that you need to make? Are you looking for some direction for what's next and what you're supposed to do? Then you should ask God. Will you ask God? Because the truth about him is he is a God who gives generously and he will actually give it to you. Listen, he can fill your wisdom well. He can fill your wisdom well. And if it's run a little try, maybe there's some places that you can go to, even starting today, to go, okay, wait a second. I I wanna seek if there's something here. Or begin to even pray, God, would you bring some godly people around my life. Do you know that's one of the prayers we pray over our daughter every night? God, would you surround her life with godly friends that always point her to you? And would you make her a godly friend so that she could be a light to this world? Maybe that's a prayer that you can begin to pray. God, would you surround my life with godly friends that might offer me godly wisdom for the decisions and the direction that I so desperately need? If you need wisdom God says you can ask because the overwhelming evidence of his character is that he will give it generously just what you need in fact this isn't just one little excerpt that I read today out of James 1 this is a part of a greater theme that reveals a part of the character of God all throughout the Bible. God says, I will lead you. I will take care of you. I will show you your next step again and again and again. God gives us promises that we don't have to plead for, but we can actually build our life on. And so as I close this time right now for this message, I thought I could just read a few to you, and maybe it'll help you to read them on the screen, or maybe it'll help you to close your eyes and just receive these promises of God about who He is and who you actually can be, how you can live in wisdom with Him. This is what your Father God says about Himself and about you. He says, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you, listen to this, with my loving eye on you. So whether you turn to the right to the left. Your ears will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way. This is the way. Walk in it. Because you can actually trust in God with all your heart, with every decision. Don't depend on your own understanding. Seek His will in all you do. And here's the promise. He will show you which path to take. Will you pray with me? God, thank you for your wisdom. You are wisdom, and you offer us wisdom, and God, we need it. We're the first to admit it. We need it. And so will you help us today to seek your wisdom in all that we do? We help us today to be really honest about the decisions and choices we have to make today, whether they're wise way choices that lead to life and fullness with you or whether they're my way choices that continue to keep us circling around the life you actually invited us to live. Thank you, God, that you meet us right where we're at and that your promise is still valid. It's still true. And it's for each and every one of us today. Thank you that you are a God who loves and gives Generously, And for those of us who don't know what to do or where to go and the way ahead seems dark and unclear, I pray right now that there would be an overwhelming sense of your love and your presence and your goodness and that we can trust that you will walk us through it because you're a good, good Father. It's in your name that we pray today.